Man. What I love, one of the things I love most about Abundant Life is how we love him and how we love to worship him. We are a church and a people that love Jesus. No games being played. We just love us some Jesus. Amen? Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are now going to worship you in your word. I love how you say man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of your mouth. It is by hearing the word that we build our faith, Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. So feed our souls, nurture our souls today, and we will give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We are in a powerful series uh, that literally, I think we're in the seventh week of a 14-week series called Prepare to Build. My assignment today, as you know, uh, as we enter into the month of February, we, we began to talk about the gifts that have been given to us by the Holy Spirit. And my assignment that Pastor Jason gave me is to talk about the purpose of the gifts. And so my central passage today, if you will join me there, is in 1 Peter 4, verses 10 through 11. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 through 11. Let me know when you, when you have that. Uh, some of y'all are fast. Let's give a little more time. First Peter 4, 10 through 11. It reads as such. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Circle that. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Circle the word grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified. Circle the word glorified. That God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. He talked about glory twice in this short passage. When he gave me this assignment, the purpose of our gifts, it's almost a loaded question because you can go in so many directions. But one of the things that I wanted to focus on, and I'll get to uh, what the purpose are and our gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us, uh, and I will talk about the body of Christ and what that means. I love how we're the body of Christ. But even before I get to that part in the latter part of our 25-minute message, I hope, <laughs> Um, I wanted to focus on two words that the Holy Spirit put in my heart. And one is God's glory and the saints' gratitude. God's glory and the saints' gratitude. And what shaped this message, one of my favorite pastors in this century is um, John Piper. I love John Piper. I read all of his books. And Pastor Tony Evans. And then one of the 17th century um, pastors is named Jonathan Edwards. That was one deep brother. So these men have helped shape my own theology. Um, nothing more than, of course, the word of God. But here's a quote that I want to read to you. Uh, uh, if you have it, can you put that up for us? You guys see it? This is what it says. This is John Piper, and it's from the book, um, The Pleasures of God. Do you feel loved by God because you believe he makes much of you? or because you believe in his, in, 
or because you believe he frees you and empowers you to enjoy making much of him. Check this out. It is the difference between the modern world where all terminates on self and the biblical world where all terminates on God. That pretty much shaped my thinking as we discover the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us we sometimes, because of our, this indwelling sin that is in this body, we know that we're dead to sin, but, but sometimes we think that this gift that God gave us for his kingdom is about us. Sadly, as one of your leaders, I've seen it over and over and over again, that God gives you this gift. And you think that if I don't bless this kingdom with it, it will fall. You remember when Jason said he doesn't worry about the kingdom in his first message seven weeks ago? I agree with him. I don't worry about God's church because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I love when one pastor once said, Christians get it twisted. As much as we love Billy Graham, when he passed away, God said, next. As much as we love Moses, when he passed away, God said, next. God is always saying next. So we can't get it twisted. So my first point that I want to get into is I want to talk about the glory of God. Uh, and I just want to just highlight a few notes about the glory of God. One of the things that humbles me as one of your servants here is when I read in the book of Acts, this, uh, chapter 17, 24 through 25, it says this, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, check this out, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives all to mankind and breath in everything. Wouldn't that, I mean, if that doesn't humble you, I don't know what will. A lot of times we, in our own humanity, have elevated other gifts that are visible behind those that we cannot see. And Jason, in his first message, as he laid down the foundation of the purpose of the church, and I love how he said, we are going to be a biblical church and teach biblical truths. And he alluded to how jacked up Corinth was, because what the Corinthians were doing was they were bragging and boasting on who they were following and who were baptizing them. And when you get so caught up in your gift, it actually causes division in the church. Why? Because we don't understand that the gift foremost is for you to glorify God. In Isaiah 43, it says this. I'm just going to read the first verse and the seventh verse. This is God talking to the nation of Israel. He says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, I love this, he who formed you, O Israel, he says this, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. Verse seven says, everyone who is called by my name, check this out, whom I've created for my glory, whom I've formed. I believe that we are his redeemed people in the New Testament. And I know he knows each one of us by name. 
And you know the beauty of what I want us to grasp is not just his glory, but how thankful we should be. Now, to glorify God, and, and I wrote this down because I didn't want to try to memorize this. To glorify God is to extol his attributes, praise his works, to trust his name and obey his word. He is holy and faithful and merciful and gracious and loving and majestic and sovereign and all-powerful, and that's just for starters. His works are wonderful, wise, and marvelous. His word is perfect and trustworthy, right and radiant, pure and firm and precious. Now check this out. No matter how loudly we can proclaim the glory of God, he's worth more. Am I right? He's worth more. So when I go back to my text in 1 Peter 4, I had to circle as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. It's not about you. As God stewards of God varies grace. Look at that word, grace. Grace, the gift that keeps on giving. I just love it. I want to focus on his grace just a little bit. Last week, when Jason was eloquently going through methodically the gifts, and it was a tough Tough, tough. I'm glad he didn't give me that assignment because that was a tough one. And he was talking about tongues and miracles and just the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. But he, he, he talked about God also gives talents, to, and talents are different than the gifts. I kind of wanted to just touch on that just a little bit because when he mentioned that he gives us talents, and that means everyone in all creation, it reminded me of what a lot of the theologians in the 19th century called common grace. There's a difference between common grace and the special grace that he's given each one of us as his believers. Jason said that common grace is the talent that he gives anyone. Your mathematical ability, your ability to create businesses, your, your ability to be a doctor or a lawyer, your ability that he gives you, these talents that he gives you is by his common grace. Now, the world doesn't even understand that every good and perfect gift comes from him. But that's how good he is. He lets the just, he lets the rain fall on who? The just, that's how good he is. That's called common grace. But this special grace that he's given each one of us, and as Pastor Valerie said, uh, the first week of February, every one of us has at least one gift. That's a special grace. How can we not be grateful? I mean, look, you got to be grateful for even the talent that he gave you. And then this beautiful grace that's even in this chapter, this special grace, when Jason talked about miracles, I still believe in miracles. Like, I love how he said they might look different. But do you know what I think the biggest miracle is? Salvation. Salvation. You know why? Because you and I are born in sin. We love darkness rather than the light. And even when Jesus was asking the disciples, who do men say that I am? And then Peter had the right answer. If you notice, he said, man didn't give this to you. What did he say? Came from above. That's a miracle. To be saved is a miracle. You and I are walking miracles. Because I'm telling you, 
the enemy of this world has blinded the eyes of the believers not to see the glory of God. And yet God touched each one of us who claims to know the name of Jesus, who has accepted him as our savior, the only mediator between man and God. You didn't get that because you were just beautiful and great. And even though you are, <laughs> you are beautiful. I'm looking right at you. God gave that and touched you and you, he opened up your eyes and you began to see the glory and the excellencies of Jesus Christ. That is a miracle. And now can you imagine he pours that grace on you and I? And then he says in his plan of salvation, oh, Jesus leaves this body, I mean leaves this earth, and he says I'm gonna send a helper and you're gonna do greater things than me. I thought that was fascinating. What do you mean, Jesus? Well, Jesus, when, he was in, when, he, when Christ got a body, he, he couldn't be everywhere at all times. But now he can speak to each one of us. And now I'm fast forwarding to the body of Christ, right? I love that he, he calls us a body and he also calls us his bride. But let's focus on the body part. Jason was talking about the ear and the head and the nose and the toe, or I think he said toe, I'm gonna throw toe in there, but <laughs> if it's not in there, that's me, sorry. <laughs> Only reason why I said toe, I might as well tell you. Have you ever stumped your toe? Yes. I recall when I was watching my daughter and niece, they were around five or six, and I stumped my toe, my right toe, pretty bad, and the left leg began to hop towards safety. And uh, my brain, all of a sudden, it said pain is hitting and my brain was working well so I knew pain. The left leg started hopping and I looked for a couch. The left hand <laughs> fell on the couch with all this body weight and the right hand immediately grabbed the toe and began to massage it. This is a body that's working and functioning. The hand didn't say, ah, the toe's not important. The foot didn't go, oh man, just, just bring it out, just, just, you know. I just started hopping, the body was working and functioning and it just happened automatically. I didn't need a pastor to tell me, man, let the right hand grab the toe, you know what I mean? And left leg, you need to hop, right? It just worked in sync, right? And better yet, I remember Zach was preaching on this, Pastor Zach, he actually said the parts we can't see is more important. If my heart stops, what happens? Gone. Gone. And so we, you know, we give too much credit to the pastor or the teacher who speaks in the pulpit. I love our, our prayer team that comes here every morning. We always mention, that's, that's powerful to me. As a matter of fact, I love when Anthony was preaching on prayer and, 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 and you, Jason, when you guys were preaching on prayer, I was sitting there. And can you imagine... In Acts 12, when Anthony was breaking it down, that Peter was in chains and shackles. And it immediately made me, reminded me of Herod, this wanted to, you know, he arrested him, but it reminded me how the enemy is so busy trying to put us in chains, you know what I mean? And so when they prayed and asked that God would do something and release Peter, or I don't know what they were praying, but the angel came and the light came and the, the shackles were off and, he, and he, he hit him. I like how the angel hit him and woke him up, put your clothes on, let's get out of here. And he thought he was in a dream until the gate opened and now he's in the street. Now he knocks on the door and one of the young girls heard his voice and didn't open the door. And I said, whoa, abundant life, let's pray like that. 
Let's start praying that our shackles will be broken. Everything that hinders us from doing the will of God. Let's just let's pray about these strongholds and yes. let's pray about this, uh, these traumas that we had as childhood. May they be broken. I begin to pray, you know, because look, we got work to do for God. Let, let, anything that hinders us, let's just pray that God will release it so that we can move forward in his glory, right? And so here we are, his body. And, and he's called each one of us to participate. Now, the beauty of when I was hulling up with the pastors and the teachers, I was talking to Pastor Valerie and, and Pastor Sharon and, and Elder Anthony and, and Pastor Jason. I said, you know what the beauty of it is? What I love is that just teach the word. I don't like churches that try to beat you up. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus is a gentleman. He, he stands at the door and knocks. Who are we to make you feel guilty. That's, that's the enemy. Condemnation is from the enemy, right? And when you fall in love with Jesus, you're trying to look for your gift. You're trying to see what you can do to help your brothers and sisters and to build up. The, it, nobody needs to just come up here and beg and beg. And I love how we don't do that because that is not the will of God. Now, imagine the other analogy that they tell us that we are his bride, and how we are need to adorn ourselves because Jesus says, look, I'm gonna, he's the head of this church and he already told his disciples, uh, I'm gonna go and prepare a place for you. If this was not so, I would not tell you. He's preparing a place for us and as his bride, we need to adorn ourselves with his goodness and with his mercy and with his grace. We need to just prepare ourselves and to be pure and holy, right? I think that's another beautiful analogy, but this, the fact that we are each members and that we are his body is powerful to me. Like God is using us to work out his plan of redemption and salvation to a dying world. It just blows my mind because the answer that I want to ask God when I get to heaven, if I can remember, <laughs> do you know he did not save the fallen angels? Oh, why didn't you save them, God? I'm not God, so he's all-knowing, he has a plan, but he saved fallen man. He has a plan for fallen man. Now, he created hell for the, for the fallen angels and those that reject Christ. Wow. Those that reject Christ will, will be there forever. And you and I are saved. Can we park there and we can start shouting right there? But not only are we saved, then he says, Zeke, I'm gonna give you a talent so you can build the church up. Jason, I'm gonna give you a talent so you can build the church to two Jameses and Henry. And I got Margie over here who writes books and she's a great writer and I'm reading them and I'm getting blessed and she's building me up, don't even know it. She didn't know that God was gonna use her to, oh, oh my God, let me take that note. I'm just talking about Henry, oh, I like what Henry said, James. And we, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm telling you, I see my sister Donna who's a counselor and we talk about about the love of God and we talk about, we build each other up, we sharpen each other. That's what this fellowship is about. It's not just to hear three songs, a 45 minute sermon and you go home, not change. That's not what it's about. It's about building each other up. We got a lot of work to do for the kingdom while we're here. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful analogy. And, and, and so when I think about his glory, how can you not be grateful? How can you not be grateful that God can use you and me for his kingdom purposes? He chooses to use fallen man. And the beauty of it is, 
When you're into his kingdom and when you are his son and daughter, you're now a saint. I love that part. He tells us to renew our minds. But I wrote this down, and bear with me, you know how my mind works by now. Um, I think this is fascinating. When I think about the enemy, I always think about how we need to talk more about his strategies. You know what I mean? Like we need to, and, and not in a spooky way. There is spiritual warfare going on. The Bible says we fight not against flesh and blood, right? But what? And where are they? There you go. I love you, abundant life. And I thought about that as I was preparing for this sermon. And I thought about, can you imagine if the body of Christ was not here? The body of Christ was not on this earth. Who would tell them about the enemy? Who would tell them about God's plan? Who would be their mouthpiece to talk about the gospel? Who would be the one who can hug them like Jesus would hug? Who would be the one that would say, oh, no, no, there is no 31 flavors of sin. We all fall short of God's glory. I don't care if you're the homosexual or the fornicator that's a heterosexual. You know, sex outside of God's marriage that was ordained between a man and a woman is, that's it. That's how you have, that's how you, you, you handle that and if we have kids, that's how you handle your sexual drives. In the confines of a marriage between a man and a woman, that's his blessing. He gave us this sex drive, and then we, uh, because of the fall, we don't use it the way he designed for us to use it. But I'm tired of Christians with this 31 flavors of sin, where we, you know, you know I'm gonna keep saying this, I got an email, I'm sorry. It's true, we all fall short of God's glory, and we all need a savior. All of us. And if you're struggling, the heterosexual is struggling too. You know what I'm saying? If you're saved, my aunt is, 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 is practicing and living in that lifestyle. And she says, do you th- think I'm saved, uh, nephew? I said, you send me so many texts about the glory of God and how much you love Jesus Christ. And you said you've accepted him as your savior and that he died for you. I said, all of your sins, past, present, and future were forgiven on that cross. He knew before the foundation of the world what you would struggle with and what I would struggle with as a heterosexual. You are being sanctified. I said, auntie, your lifestyle doesn't please him. I know plenty of heterosexuals and I was one of them. My lifestyle didn't please him when I was single, if you get the drift. I was a fornicator. New Christ, got saved at 10. But I was a fornicator. And the church still loved me. They didn't say, oh man, get your act together before you come here. That's what we say to other people and we shouldn't. Sorry, you guys, and this hurts, right? But it's the beauty of grace. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's the love that God has for us. I don't know why I went there, but I did. Um, and I wanna, I, I wanna go back to the body of Christ. Uh, but I just thought I'd throw that out there that we should be grateful. Yes. We should be the most loving and kind people on this earth. And we should be going, I know, come, come. I, I know a savior who loves you just the way you are and wants to change you to be how he created you, come to my church. 
Well, what if I struggle? Oh, sit down and we're going to love on you. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to condemn you. We're going to point you to the Savior and the Holy Spirit who is the one that sanctifies us. I still need some of my attitudes sanctified and changed. And so do you. I know some of you. I know some of you. You're like me. And that's what I love about our church. We got to put off all falsehood. Am I right? All right, all right. I'm sorry I veered to the left. Let's go back. When Christ entered our world, he took on this physical body that was prepared for him. And then when he left, he sent us this Holy Spirit. And now we're members of the body of Christ, Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. We're members of the body of Christ. We follow him because he is our head, Ephesians 1. We are indwelt with the Holy Spirit as members of Christ, Romans 8 and 12. And now the purpose of these spiritual gifts is to promote the common good in the body, 1 Corinthians 12. It is to build up the church and to prepare the church for his service. No matter what your gift is, its purpose is to edify this church. Take your time if you need it. I like what Pastor Sharon said. But we don't want any bench warmers here. We just don't. We don't want any bench warmers. We want all of you to experience what it feels like to serve God with love. You can come up, worship team. It's a short message, but I, I, I love, and can, can we put it up one more time? The quote from John Piper. I just, I just want us to meditate when we think about how good he is and how he talked about his grace and it's for his glory. It's not for you, it's for his glory. It's for, your gift is for me as well, to serve one another. I love when John Piper said, do you feel loved by God because you believe he makes much of you or because you believe he frees you and empowers you to enjoy making much of him? It is the difference between the modern world where all terminates on self and the biblical world where it terminates on God. I submit to you that I know most of you and what I love about you is I can tell and see your love for God. May it be exemplified in your service to him as well. Let me pray before they uh, give us a beautiful song of worship. Father, I thank you for your message. I thank you that you loved each one of us. That not only did you send your son to die for us, not only did you give us a new nature and a new heart and a new spirit, but then you gave us work to do on this earth. We know that we live in a dark world and that we are your children and we are the light of the world. Let abundant life's light shine in the Mountain View Bay Area. Let us be a beacon of hope and a beacon of light in a dark world and we will give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.